Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. It's so good to see you. So, so glad you survived the holidays. Did, did you lose your voices from hollering so much? Bad joke. Bad joke. No, occasionally there's a good one. It can be it can be it can be difficult to it can be difficult to know which jokes will preach. <laughs> Have, Just so very glad you're here. Um, um, that would be good. Because obviously I don't know what I'm doing. I'm sorry, we don't either. Thank you. Kim's doing it all. When, when, when choir sings, there's special music, all right? It's permitted to either clap or say amen or yeah. Okay? These folks, these folk, thank you. Okay, thank you. And yes, please. Okay, I, I've, I've almost decided, I apologize for rambling, but that's what happens when the agenda changes for whatever reason. Um, I've almost decided to start a new movement called COO, C-O-O. 
celebrate our own. Oh. Coup. Coup. Celebrate our own. Okay? This congregation has lots to celebrate. And it's important that we do it. It's important that we do it. Now, uh, an announcement. Um, Coffee with Mike is going to shift subject matter. We're going to start next Sunday dealing with how the Bible came to be. All right? Um, passed around uh, a delightful, um, delightfully boring um, uh, article entitled, How an Unorthodox Scholar Uses Technology to Expose Biblical Forgeries. Okay. It's about 10 pages. Yeah. And that's... I, I just left, ran it off. I left... <laughs> not, not that she was counting. <laughs> I mean, you know, when you're, setting, when you're standing there watching the copy machine. But anyway, and that doesn't include the pictures. And I apologize for that because the pictures were cool. Um, however, next Sunday, 9.30, okay, I'll sit down and shut up. And in conjunction with our COO this morning, I would like to raise a big celebration and round of applause for someone who's not even in the room, but he's listening, Jim Strickland. In case you have not noticed, that room off the front door is looking fabulous it's just about done. He's put a lot of time and hours with some help of the trustees, but the last few weeks he's been here painting and plastering. And Jim, would you come in here? I know you got your eyes wide open because you have no idea what just went on, but we're thanking you for all your work in the meeting room. It's looking fantastic. Yeah, so take a peek as you're walking out. The windows are open. And uh, bottom line is he saved us a whole lot of money if we'd have paid someone to do that. So thank you, Jim. And you probably also noticed that most of the Christmas decorations are down. Thank you to Linda and her little helpers, her little elves that have been helping her this week, Shirley. And um, all we have left pretty much as this tree, if people are able to stay after worship to help take the ornaments off. They'll take care of the tree later this week, but if you can help take ornaments off, we'd appreciate that. And our brother Carl has decided he's going to retire from ushering, so we're going to allow him to sit in the back and take inventory of what's going on, but we're looking for some new ushers. So if you are interested, there's a sign-up sheet um, out in the narthex, and I'm sure he'll be happy to train anybody who's willing. Carl? Sounds good. What, um, he's, what he's saying is he's ready to train the next generation of leaders. <laughs> and I don't know if you've looked in your announcements yet. Um, unfortunately, our coffee hour 
going forward is going to be coffee and fellowship. We do not have anyone who signed up on the list to host coffee hour going forward. So if you would like coffee hour the way we've had it in the past, please sign up for a week or two. Um, I think the list goes through the end of February. Um, that would be February 12th. So don't sign up for February 12th, but any other week we'd appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, and I have a letter of thanks. Uh, Dear Clinton United Methodist Church, thank you so much for your generous contribution of $500 to the Clinton Library for the purpose of providing snacks to hungry children who come to the library. At the Clinton Township Public Library, we strive to not only feed our patrons' minds, but bodies as well. 29% of all students who attend Clinton Community Schools qualify for free and reduced lunches. These children then come to the library after school hungry. We never want to see a child go hungry. We would be unable to do without the support of our wonderful community members like you. So thank you. Yes. That's some of our fundraising money going to good use. Amen. Thank, Thank you, you, Nicole. Give yourself a round of applause again. Uh -oh. Todd. You're being approached from, from behind. Okay, I just called on him. Yeah. Go ahead, Kim. No, no, go ahead. I'll try to add that to the bulletin, everyone. And for the adult bell choir, um, because of sicknesses and missing rehearsals and that, we're not going to play our Carol the Bells this year, but we'll have a head start for next year. So we will start back up before Easter working on something for our Easter time. So you don't have to worry about bell choir for a month or two. And if you are able, please stand for our call to worship. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Celebrate his great name. You are the source of all life, and because of your light, we see the light. If you obey and do right, the light will show you the way and fill you with happiness. From dawn until sunset, the name of the Lord needs to be praised. And our first song this morning is on page 245, The First Noel.
before you sit down, if you would, let's share the peace by greeting someone near you. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. Up all right. Doing great. Okay. You're obviously staying terribly busy. Oh yeah. That's that keeps me all right. And also we do this. Thanks. Take care of yourself. Okay, please take a moment to look at the prayer requests. Yes, sure. Hey. See what see see what happens when you come in late? <laughs> we do appreciate the full house though. I will run more next week. <laughs> Amen. 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 Please do take the moment to, to look at the prayer requests. A reminder, okay, that um, that there are many amongst us who are in need. There have been a number of celebrations as well. Um, one of the things that I'm real pleased to say is we did a baptism together last Sunday. That was so cool. That was so cool. Um, amongst the, 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 the things that, that we want to, to draw your attention to, to add to the list, is do remember the women and children at Catherine Cobb, and especially those who are homeless and abused. Okay? You're going to hear me occasionally talk about invisible people. The invisible people are the ones we don't see. In their problems, they get hidden away. Okay? And we need to see them. We need to see them. And... On the other end, okay, we need to see those people 
among us and in the community that have all the stuff that they need, okay, what they're needing is here and here. Thank you. That means that you're listening and it's sinking in. Okay. We'll often talk about the poor. And we think in terms of people that don't have stuff. Rarely do we talk about people who their hearts have gone empty, their heads have gone empty. For whatever reason, they may have forgotten what love means. They may think that they're alone in the world. And it's for us to remind them that they are loved. They are not alone in the world. Do you care to, to talk about Joshua? I filled out a card for our young friend Joshua. If you remember, before Christmas, we were praying for this um, Young boy, he's 14 years old, that has a very rare uh, disease, and he's not expected to live into his 20s. Um, he's a nephew of a coworker of mine. I can't tell you the disease. It's probably got this many letters in it. Um, but he's been in and out of the hospital about three times since we originally prayed for him. He's now in need of gallbladder surgery. Um, he's in a, great, a lot of pain, and their hope, this surgery scheduled for tomorrow, they're almost hoping that it'll be an emergency schedule, a surgery today because he's in so much pain. So if you would, just lift Joshua and his family. And along the way, while Joshua's family has been in the hospital, they've brought in people to Christ through their behavior. People have seen them singing hymns to Joshua and praying with Joshua and they have been moved because of that family's example. So if nothing else, we want to pray for them to continue the ministry that they've got going there in the hospitals. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Okay. I'm looking for Jay. Hi, Jay. Jay, I can't say Pat's last name. Suda? Okay. Remember um, Jay's co-worker, work partner, Pat Suda, has been diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease. Okay. That's a, a tough, very tough disease. Um, I've lost people I love to it. And... Let's put it this way. People need as much spiritual and prayer support as we can give them. Okay. Um, one one uh, of our members, Esther Seeberger, lost her grandson. Um, you may have heard uh, about the, the, the person who was hit by a car. Well, it was 
Denny Bullock and um, keep Esther in your prayers. There's one of the hardest things, folk, to deal with is outliving one of your kids or outliving one of your grandkids. So keep her in your prayers. And also remember Annie Bauer, um, who's a friend of Rosemary's, who has pneumonia and heart trouble. When we surround people with prayer, it works. It may not always work the way we want it to work, but it works. I know because I've been surrounded by prayers. Okay. Let's bow together in prayer, shall we? Our blessed Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you came into the world to bring us the good news. And the good news is really quite simple. Dad loves us. The Divine Father, the Creator of all, loves us and wants us to come on home. And you, Lord Jesus, brought the keys to Dad's house. You've put them in our hands and said, head on home. You'll have no problem getting in. And you also said, don't come by yourself. Be sure you bring somebody, more than one somebody with you. And when we all get to Dad's house, we're going to have an outrageous party. Oh, Lord, help us to get ready. Help us to focus on the love that God has for us. It's love that touches people's lives and gives them strength and courage to face whatever comes. One of the hardest things for us to understand is nobody gets out of here alive. But God's love for us tells us that it doesn't end when we think it ends. There's more. There's better. Remind us, Lord Jesus, the kingdom's within reach. Remind us, O oh Lord, to focus on home. And until we get there, help us to make where we are as much like home with God the Father right here as we possibly can. That's what we pray when we say the words you taught us to say. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Would you take a moment for silent prayer? Listen to God in silence, for God speaks in his turn during prayer. Amen. The uh, A Seeker's Prayer. Blessed Jesus, help me to realize that what holds me back in my search for you and for God's kingdom, mostly it's what I think. It's fear thoughts. It's greed thoughts. It's self thoughts. It's ever so subtle arrogance. Take these on to many shapes. That is why it is important to always let the Holy Spirit take the center of my life. The Holy Spirit can fill me up. It can make me realize that it is this Holy Spirit that is the actual stuff of love and peace and power. Help me so no longer sit in darkness Rather, I that launch out into your light. So I ask and keep on asking and receive. So I knock and keep on knocking, and the door will be open. So I seek and keep on seeking, and know that I will find you in the blessedness of the kingdom. Amen. Please stand if you're able for the Gloria. seated, unless you're in the choir. We've got room for more. Say what I see, you see what I see. 
for the year. What did I for Oh, thank you for the reminder. Do not do not let me forget noisy offering. Okay? We have we have we we have an entire time with the children that I can forget. Would the children come, please? <laughs> you're six? Oh, now you're seven. Come on down. Thank you. I hope your arm was a place Gee, would you say there's a lot of kids? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, we're going to talk about some stuff, all right? That's Christmas stuff. The magic hat, okay? You know, and you know why the magic hat today? that we haven't seen the magic hat for a while. Okay, but I'm gonna say a big word, okay? I'm gonna say a big word. And the big word is epiphany. Okay, epiphany, all right? It's a foreign word that means God showed up. It's another way of describing Christmas, okay? It's another way of describing Christmas. And Christmas didn't all happen in one night. Okay? The shepherds came the night Jesus was born. But there were three people, okay, that often are called wise men or magi or a couple of other names, okay? But they were basically the scientists of the day. When Jesus was born, there wasn't too much difference in people's idea about what was magic, okay? And what is science. Science didn't come until later, all right? So the people, that the people that came to see Jesus were basically the scientists of the time. And what they did was they watched the sky. And they saw something in the sky that the science of their time 
told him something special was happening. A king was going to be born. Okay. So they traveled. Nobody knows where, exactly where they came from, but it's likely that they traveled quite a while. Some say that it could have been as long as two years. But they came because they saw the star. Now, they went to the capital city of Jerusalem because they figured, you're going to find a king, where are you going to find him? In the capital, right? Okay, it's like here, okay? You're going to look for the president of the United States, where are you going to look for him? Uh-huh, in the capital, in Washington, D.C. So that's what they did. And when they got there, the people in the capital said, Huh? Huh? What do you mean a king's been born? They didn't know anything about it. And so what they did then was they looked in the Bible to see if any of the prophets said anything about a king being born and where the king would be born. And it was what they found was the place would be Bethlehem. So the men left the capital and they went to Bethlehem and they brought gifts. Now, I'm going to do something, okay, because I want you to know that the Bible isn't just about words. The Bible is about experiences. Things that happen in the real world. Now, I asked, I asked some of the big people earlier, whoops, what have you ever smelled frankincense? And they said, no. Well, that's one of the gifts that these guys brought Jesus. Yeah. He, he brought them frankincense. Okay. Do not inhale deeply. Okay. This is what frankincense smells like. Hmm. You don't, you don't dare? Okay. Different, huh? Not used to that kind of smell. Okay? But it's the kind of smell, all right, that when people went to places to worship, uh-huh, When people went to places to worship, okay, this was the smell that they wanted in the places that they worshiped. Different, huh? Yeah. Weird? No? You like it? Yeah? Okay. You're going to be the first one with the other one. They also brought another scent. Okay? And that scent was myrrh. Very different, isn't it? Very different from the other smell.
Ooh, right? Well, <laughs> no. Nope. That this one isn't as easy to like as the other one. Ew. Hmm. You don't want that under your tree? For, hmm? You have? No? Okay. Smells like cardboard. <laughs> no? Not that bad? Okay. Uh, okay. When it when when the Bible says that 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 the the wise men brought Jesus frankincense and myrrh, it was things that smelled like this. And then they also brought him gold. And I think you all know what gold looks like. Okay. Now when we talk about giving gifts to Jesus, okay, one of the gifts that Jesus most wants is us. Jesus wants us to love him. Jesus wants us to show our love for him by showing love for each other. That means that we're kind to each other, that we help each other, okay, that we do our best to just simply help each other. Every one of us has a gift that we can give to Jesus. Every one of us. And sometime in your life, the moment will come when Jesus will ask you to give him your gift. Mm -hmm. And the way that you will give him your gift is by doing the work of the kingdom of God right where you are. Your gift may be simply being there when somebody is hurt and alone and they need somebody to just be with them. That can be your gift. It's an important gift, okay? It's an important gift. Let's have a prayer, okay? Blessed Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for the gift of yourself. And you ask us for the gift of ourselves. Oh, Lord, we want to exchange gifts. Be with us. Oh, Lord, help us to give you our gift. Help us to receive your gift. Hear our prayer. Amen. Thank you for coming. Oh, no, I, we're needing help. I need, I need two volunteers. Okay. You know what? They couldn't have been connected that bad if it was planned. Okay. Now. All right. Now, well, help each other. There's no losers here. Help each other. Okay. Make, make sure that the big people 
to throw noisy stuff in. Huh? Well, you can do it together. You can do it together. Yes, and there's 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 stuff for you over. Miss Miss Sheila ha, ha, has sweets. Okay. How many of you have ever smelled frankincense? Never have. Okay. How many of you have smelled myrrh? Okay. Now. These are valuable. I need them back. All right. I will I will I will suffer outrageous punishment from my wife if these do not come back. So, we're going to start the frankincense on one side and the myrrh on the other side. Okay? And we're going to pass them around. All right, and do not inhale too deeply. be good. Thank you. Thank you. See.
Amen. Thank you so much. If you're able, would you stand for the doxology? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him, all of ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, Jesus, you are the gift giver of wonderful gifts. And when you give a gift to us, it's not that you expect us to give exactly the same back. What you expect is that we'll be generous in return. Oh Lord, you have opened your heart and from your heart comes your generosity and all you do. We would open our hearts and we would be generous to you and to those around us. Take our gifts, bless them, multiply them, use them for the glory of the kingdom of God. Hear our prayer. Amen. Our hymn of preparation for this morning is number 254.
Thank you, beautifully sung. You may be seated. Okay, where are the perfumes? That's one. Where's the other one? They're both there? Okay. <laughs> the scripture this morning is going to be highly focused, and I'm going to do what you probably really don't like me doing, and that is I'm going to read a verse, and the rest is homework, okay? The homework is read Matthew 2. When the Magi got to Jerusalem, the scholars, the Magi in Jerusalem had to go to the ancient scrolls, to the scripture, to find out what the prophet said about where kings would be born. Okay? And the quote from the prophet that's pivotal is, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I admit that I don't understand all that goes on in life. Sometimes I think I've got stuff pretty well figured out, then something happens that shows me just how wrong I am. My wife and I got into a disagreement. Never ever happens, usually. It's okay to laugh. <laughs> you know, if you knew Susie like I know Susie, okay. Anyway, we had disagreement, and she says to me, if you really knew everything, you would know that I already know it all, and you'd shut up. <laughs> I had to write that one down. <laughs> I had to write that one down. There are a number of things that I find very confusing. There are things that do not make sense. There are some things that seem pretty meaningless to me right now. Some are things I hope to be able to meet with God face to face and talk over sometime. It's because I don't think I'll ever make sense of them in my lifetime. There are other things that I think I've almost got figured out. However, I need just one more little clue to get me there. There's just one little something I need. 
I'm not sure just what that something is. Maybe it's a piece of information. Maybe it's a person that I need to meet that I haven't met yet. Maybe it's going to some place that I haven't been yet. I'm almost there. Right now, I just don't have that one last little clue. And it's hard to describe. I feel like I'm at the right place at the right time. You almost got a call this week, Rick. <laughs> Must have been the right place. Must have been the wrong time. <laughs> I'm sorry. I do music in my head when I do sermons. <laughs> I'm almost there. I almost got the answer. I've almost found what I'm looking for. Thank you. That's, this one's the frankincense. Thank you. Our no, turn. I know. It's your turn. I was going to be good. I was going to say, you know. Okay. Now, what, let, let me interrupt stuff. Was it a surprise? Whatever scent that, that you had, was it a surprise? Okay? Scripture has concrete meaning, folks. Okay? There's stuff attached. Okay, so anyway, where was I? Almost there. I was almost there. Okay. What I'm looking for, okay... What I'm looking for, somehow nobody seems to know it but me. And what I'm looking for isn't obvious. I need a clue that makes everything fit. I guess I'm suffering from the almost there syndrome. It's the hardest part of a trip. It's the most trying part of solving a problem. It's the most frustrating part of getting the answer it's the last 5 to 10% of the process that eats up 90% of the energy and resources. Do you know why companies in the U.S. do not insist on 100% perfection? Because it'll quadruple the price of producing a product. The last 5%. The last 5%. Among the paradoxes of life is this one. Sometimes our troubles really start. Sometimes our life becomes unbearably complicated. Unexpectedly, it's when we get close to what we think we want. It's when we arrive where we think we want to go that the trouble starts. There's a paradox 
to the story of the Magi. The search that ultimately brings them to Jesus. The Magi seem to have begun their journey with a fairly clear picture of where they were going. They knew what they expected to find. They thought that they knew what their success would look like. Okay? The Magi interpreted the new star. As I was trying to say to the children, okay, there were, they were the scientists of their day. They were pulling the pieces of meaning together from the world as they experienced it. The Magi saw the star. They decided it meant that a king was born to the children of Israel. They clearly assumed where to find the newborn king of the Jews was in the capital of the nation. So they head for Jerusalem. They thought that the newborn king would be in the palace of the current royalty. Makes sense, right? The Magi traveled to Jerusalem. They probably thought that would bring them to the successful conclusion of their trip. What a mistake. They ran into confusion, suspicion, fear, deception. They ran into a host of totally expect, unexpected complications. In Sunday coffee with Mike, okay, amongst the questions that we ask each other when we're asserting certain beliefs or ways of doing things, we ask, so what? The Magi came and they said, we're here. And Jerusalem said, so what? Well, we're here because a new king is born. Huh? And the people that were already paranoid got even more paranoid. The search started through the archives for anything that said anything about where kings might be born. And instead of finding the answer in Jerusalem, the Magi found only more questions. They found that they'd been wrong in one of their main assumptions. They were in the right place at the right time. However, their journey wasn't done. They were in the right place at the right time for finding the one little clue they needed. They discovered the final clue that made all of the pieces of their puzzle fit in an obscure passage of Holy Scripture. It was found in the writings of the prophet Micah, and the prophecy was already 700 years old. Think about that. We get frustrated when we can't make the pieces fit.
The Magi and the people of Jerusalem ended up mining 700 years of ancient texts to find out where this king might be born. The Magi found that their search had to continue. It had to go in new, unexpected, unknown directions. Instead of the success they had anticipated in arriving at Jerusalem, the Magi found themselves somewhere between confusion and hope. And that's a hard place to be. There's no baby king here. Nobody knows what we're talking about. So do we just go home? Or do we take the clue from a 700-year-old prophecy? Still got a star. Okay? You ever tried to figure out where a star is hanging over? It was their hope that kept them going. It was their hope that gave them the endurance and the wisdom to finish their search. It was their hope that they would find the one to whom God pointed with the great celestial event which had started their journey. The ultimate success of the Magi's journey did not look anything like what they had originally expected. There was no palace there was a carpenter's house. There was no grandeur. There were just plain people in peasant clothes. There was no noble-looking child king that would rule a brief while and fade into obscurity. There was, however, an infant who had first become a carpenter and then who would change the course of human history for all time by actually living the kingdom of God. Notice how I put that? He changed the course of human history by actually living the kingdom of God. Nobody's hungry in the kingdom of God. Jesus showed Bread and fish will feed everybody. There's nobody sick in the kingdom of God. People touched Jesus and they were healed. There's no death in the kingdom of God. Jesus touched people and they came back to life. All too often we live like the people of old Jerusalem. We miss the hand of God working all around us. We're so caught up in our own way of doing things. We're lost in our confusion, suspicion, fear, and deception. We politic. We manipulate. We spin. What we basically assume to be right is often just plain wrong, and we miss the real thing, and sadly we miss the real king. We, like the Magi, will find real success in our lives 
when we find Jesus. I'm not talking about finding Jesus the way revivalists talk about finding Jesus. I'm talking about how John Wesley found Jesus. He struggled for decades. His head knew all about Jesus. But one evening, he went to a Bible study and prayer meeting. And he was listening to somebody read Martin Luther's introduction to the letter to the Romans. And he said, I knew. I knew. My heart was warmed. I knew Jesus loves me. I'm not going to tell you what that looks like for you. I just know that there will be the moment when you know. We, like the Magi, will find real success in our lives when we find Jesus. We forget that for us, there could be no cosmic Christ, Savior of us all, unless there had first been a carpenter with a nail-scarred hand. Those scars cannot be faked. Those scars don't lie. I keep saying to people, keep reading the Gospel of Mark till you get it. God has worked to bring us to the right place at the right time. It's the place where we find the one little clue that will take us to Jesus. It may be something we experience in the world around us. It may be some obscure passage in Holy Scripture. Whatever it may be, it is the one little clue that finally gets us to the one who will save us. And most often, okay, the one that Jesus saves us from is not some looming cosmic evil. It's from ourselves. When I want to see my worst enemy, I look in the mirror. As unexpected as he may appear when we finally meet him, we'll know for certain. Somehow, some way, we'll recognize a nail-scarred hand reaching out for us. You went real quiet on me. Can I still get an amen? amen. Thank you. Our closing hymn for this morning is 224. When we finally meet Jesus, however we meet Jesus, rejoice.
please join me in the benediction. May the God of all blessings open the floodgates of heaven and pour torrents of his grace upon us. May he keep us in awe of his magnificent work. May he prepare us for a happy eternity. Amen. Before you go, stop for coffee.